Take a Bite Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbride. And I'm Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. This is the podcast where we talk about biking just for the fun of it. There'll be tales from, oh, the Ragbride Nation, tales from, oh, cycling all over all over the country, or just here locally in Iowa. But you know what? We're going to talk about the fun side of cycling no matter what. But today as we start out, we've got to get serious because in order to have fun while cycling, we obviously got to keep people safe out there. And some of the work that the Iowa Bike Coalition has been doing is obviously legislatively to make sure that we have safe and enjoyable experiences on the bike. So I know it's been a big week for for the Iowa Bike Coalition, Mark, and the state of Iowa. So why don't you fill us in what's been going on up at up at the hill there? Well, yeah, I'm not having much fun as as far as this is concerned. This is uh, uh, this is enough to make you yeah, a little bit queasy in your stomach. Uh, we had a we had a bill pass the legislature last week, or, or well, it didn't pass the legislature. It passed a legislative committee last week, the Transportation Committee. And um, this is our bill that has change lanes to pass. Uh, it requires lights on bicycles at night. Uh, it allows uh, bike, or, uh, motorists to pass uh, bikes in no passing zones. That just uh, went through Illinois last year. And then we got an amendment. Can you believe that? Amendment. What's the amendment all about? <laughs> well, um, what they want to do is require. Here's. I'll just set it up. This is the problem that they see is is that they believe uh, motorists don't see bicyclists. That's why they run them over, and we have somehow um, become invisible. And uh, so they're requiring, at least if this passes. They're requiring any person that rides a bicycle on a highway with a speed limit of 45 miles per hour or more, um, they shall wear uh, either clothing or equipment, which together equal 144 square inches of high visibility or reflective material visible to the rear of the bicycle. Wow. I I can't figure that thing out. So it's basically bigger than a sheet of loose leaf paper yeah well uh, quite a quite a bit bigger i mean that's 12 by 12 12 by 12 yeah Yeah. so and and that is what they're equating to we're going to keep people safe by requiring the bicyclists to make sure that the distracted driver is seeing them more is that kind of what their their reasoning is I think you, you hit it right on the head because, and, and back to the 144 square inches, a uh, slow-moving vehicle triangle is 84 square inches. So why this mm. needs to be double that on a person, I don't know. I, I'm having trouble with this. Um, yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of problems in you know, and this is this is the sausage making of of politics that they say of writing laws that you don't want to know what goes into it, but all these definitions have meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a person riding a bicycle on a highway, that's pretty simple. You would think a highway means a highway, but it doesn't in the Iowa code. It means anything between property to property line. Mm. So you've ridden on that trail over, you know, the uh, raccoon that sure. uh, comes from Clive in Waukee. 
Um, that's a 55 mile an hour road. That trail is within those property lines. So does that trail hmm. a lot of gray now area. become oh. subject there? Hmm. Um, and and it says uh, you're exempted from from um, this if you're crossing using a crosswalk. But crosswalks are either at intersections or they're marked. So if you are at an unmarked crosswalk at a trail out in the middle of the country, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to qualify as, as marked or not. And then, of course, the big one is we don't know what high visibility means. Um, hmm. is, what, is white high visible? Or are we strictly talking neon colors? It's just... I don't know. Um, so no lumens involved in in that description of high vis, correct? <laughs> there's there's no batteries here, and 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 that's the other thing. If you're using a light that doesn't exempt you uh, from from this, it, this is uh, I don't. There's just a lot of problems yeah. here. Well, I think people really have to understand too. I, I I don't think what you're saying is, hey, we don't want to be seen. We just don't yeah. want it mandated that you've got to have 144 inches that are visible from, from the rear. Because if I'm looking at, say, say a triathlete, say a, yeah. a, a woman triathlete, I don't know if they've got 144 inches of clothing on them, to be, to be <laughs> quite yeah. frank. I mean, yeah. so how does, how does a, a, a triathlete, you know, when most triathlons are probably going to be on roadways that are that are probably 45 miles an hour or or faster. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that that's just one example. A, a, you know, a, a child that's, you know, a petite child. Yeah, probably not going to have. But I, I would hate to put the onus on the cyclist to say it is your responsibility to be seen. Right, I would right. think someone driving a vehicle down is the responsibility of that motorist to, you know, make make sure that they're looking for things in the roadway, such as other vehicles, such as a bicyclist, a tractor, another vehicle, you know. Right. So. Right. Right. So yeah, there's hmm. there's a little bit of blaming the people that got run over here that they didn't you know, project themselves to the vehicle that was supposed to be keeping a lookout for whatever's in front of them. And, and, you know, that's not the case. Um, nobody goes out there and wants to be run over and everybody wants to, to do this, but boy, having the government tell you what you got to wear now, I think this is, this is an overreach. Um, Mm. and, uh, you know, we got to, we got to take this seriously. I, I think, and, and I don't, I should, we should acknowledge this too. Um, there are a lot of people out there, uh, and, and not a majority, but a, a lot of people who swear by high visibility clothing that wear this every time they're out there. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to discourage that. Um, the evidence I don't think is as solid as, as everybody thinks. Um, but I do think that some people believe down to their soul that that has saved their life. And, and maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, there isn't any proof right now. Uh, you know, you're proving a negative in this, that, uh, something didn't happen, uh, because of this. Well, we don't know. Um, so yeah, I, I don't want to discourage it. I want bicyclists to be visible, but a mandate changes everything, doesn't sure. it? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I know there's just, just numerous cases. I, I remember there was a Polk County Sheriff's deputy that was, 
um, you know, writing lit up like a Christmas tree. You know, it's, it's, you know, I think it was a morning ride or something like that. Just lights all over the place and obviously distracted driver. It doesn't matter. You know, you can have fireworks going off on you. And if they're texting or if they're, you know, obviously been drinking or, or something like that, no matter what the cyclist does to try to bring attention to them, that driver is still distracted. Then that, in, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. the root of the problem with people getting hit. Is not yeah. It's not that the cyclist didn't draw attention to themselves. It's been more or less a distracted driver. And it's a problem not just for cyclists, but for, you know, a lot, a lot of other crashes that are happening because of distracted drivers. Yeah, you know, in the st- if the state had done everything they could to prevent distracted driving or drunk driving, uh, but they haven't. Um, but if they've done everything they could and this was the only thing left, sure. But they haven't. It's not a hands-free state. Um, it's it's a pretty weak law. I mean, it's better than it has been uh, before last year. But, uh, yeah, it, there's just not enough being done in that, that drunk, drowsy, distracted uh, driving realm that needs to be taken care of. Because dangerous driving like that, uh, that's the bigger problem. And, sure. I, and I think ultimately that's what we need to remember is that drivers do need to pay attention while they're driving. I'm a driver. You drive all over the state. Um, you know, 99% of us that ride bicycles drive also. And, uh, you know, just because you're behind the wheel doesn't exempt you from paying attention. So I think that's the message that we want to leave is ultimately we need safer drivers in this mm-hmm. state. Yeah. So it sounds like lots more to come on this issue uh, in the future. Yeah. And uh, you spending a little time over there at the Capitol as they're, they're mulling this over? You know, we got a team that's over there working this. Uh, you know, one more thing that I'll bring into this, and I want your opinion. Um, there's an exemption. Uh, if you're an organized bicycle riding event involving 500 or more bike riders, which there's one or more certified police officers providing traffic control and direction, you are exempted from this uh, this section. I don't know. What do you think? Um, you and I have always talked about this, and you want to play by the same rules that everybody else does sure. with big big events yeah. like RAGRA. Yeah, I mean, uh, we want we want people to, you know, we don't shut down the roads, for example. I mean, we try to blend in and be part of part of Iowa cycling. Um, that we don't want all those exemptions in there, and I don't think it would be. I, I hate to send out a, a note to hey, by the way, everyone participating in RAGRA, let's make sure we get out the measuring tape, and we want to make sure everyone's got a hundred. <laughs> 44 square inches of, of high vis and we're not sure what high vis is. You know, we, we don't want that. I, I think we, we would prefer as a whole for the state to be across the board from RAGBRAI to um, 51 other weeks in the year to make sure that, Hey, people are, are safe to be out on our roadways and don't, you know, don't, don't put a, uh, you know, a, an asterisk in there just because RAGBRAI and you don't want to uh, go up against a, a major event. You know, let's let's get good, solid laws in our state that we can enforce and that we can keep people safe. That's that's the major goals that we're shooting for. So mm-hmm. let's keep working at it. You know, it's a it, probably a good attempt, um, but I, I do think people are missing the mark on this one if that's what they're yeah. uh, thinking the problem is. 
So here's what's going to happen. If, if we got Iowa people listening, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of forecast this. We're doing a survey right now. If you get our email, uh, it'll have a link to our survey uh, where we're, we're getting your opinions. And this is helping us kind of form what people are thinking and what people are saying out there. And uh, quite a bit of people are, well, I, I should say this, um, because the survey will be over by the time we release this. Um, about 88% of people don't believe that this should be a mandatory law. Uh, so that's a pretty sizable percentage. Um, and uh, then Monday, after we get through funnel date this week, which is a big deal, we're already through that. Um, but Monday, we're going to start letting people know to contact their legislator. And we're going to make that really simple um, because it's your voice. And, and this is what it is. This is a... This isn't a do the right thing. This is is uh, is the bicycling community's voice big enough to overcome this, and uh, I think we need to fight it like it's real and and make sure that people let their opinions known that uh, this isn't the way to safety. So, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, cool. Well, I know we got some interviews on the show. I caught up with Evan Blakely over in Denison, Iowa. It's going to be our Sunday night town. It's been a long time since we've been to Denison. 17 years if you if you're counting at home um but you know the the population of denison has changed drastically and a, a, an extremely diverse community that's going to be hosting ragbri and we just chatted about you know some of the things just right off the bat that that riders can expect when they roll into denison so i think you met evan before i think you went yeah. over for yeah, a, a biking guy. adventure or two over there good guy Mm -hmm. and, um, I think, um, you know, he's one of the leaders that are putting together Ragbri over there and, um, just, Hey, you know, give a listen, hear what's new and exciting coming up for Ragbri as we enter Dennis. Okay, this is TJ with the Just Go Bike Podcast, and I'm in Denison, Iowa today, in a nice snowy Denison, Iowa, and I am with Evan Blakely from the Chamber and Development Council of Crawford County. How are you doing today? Good, TJ. How are you? Thanks for coming by. Yeah, well, uh, has any news been uh, lately about any kind of bike ride coming into Denison? Anything uh, on the radar for you? You know, I've heard some locals talking about a little bike ride coming to town. I think they're pretty excited about it, actually. Yeah, so what's the general consensus of Ragbri returning first time in 17 years into Denison, Iowa? You know, we are so excited. You know, we've we've worked hard to, to try and share with uh, you guys at Ragbri that uh, we were excited to have you back. It's been been a long spell with you guys away and um you know i've only lived here since 2008 so um my entire time living here we haven't had you guys and it was even um seven years before that and i think we missed you around here so you know we're happy that that the ride is coming back and and um when you go so long without it here it makes you just want to put on a really good show that's what i keep hearing from the locals they want to uh, be exceptional hosts for all the riders and uh, I haven't heard one negative comment on the streets, so oh, good. you know that's that's rare for any endeavor that that we try to take on. And so um, I think the town overall is just very very excited to host you guys. Good. Well, since we haven't been to town in 17 years, which is way long, uh, tell us a little bit about your town. What makes Denison special? What should riders be looking forward to? Uh, what really makes this town tick? 
I think you'll see a rural community that has truly changed uh, in so many ways over the past couple decades since Ragbri has been here. Our population, which is uh, really rare for a rural community, uh, we've grown 14% since the year 2000. And with that, we're really looking forward to the 2020 census to see um, if we have even more folks than we realize here. But we're creeping close to that 10,000 mark. Um, we owe a lot of that to our diverse population. Uh, we're a home for a lot of variety of cultures from across the world. Uh, the Latino community started to grow here in the mid-90s. And now nearly half of our population is from Latin America, which um, adds a lot of character, a lot of spice uh, to our community here. And so um, now we're seeing a lot of folks from other parts of the world, including uh, Asia and Africa, that moved to Denison to start their path on the American dream. Uh, we have a lot of um, nice paying jobs here, um, whether you have skills or you're just starting out. So uh, it's, it's a growing community. I think it's a very welcoming community because of that, too. So uh, for the past few decades, the folks of, of Denison and Crawford County have been uh, getting used to welcoming people who aren't necessarily like them. And so uh, I, I think that's going to convert very well over to welcome, welcoming cyclists as well. Oh, cool. So could the cyclists expect to see some of that uh, diverse flavoring when they come into Crawford County and to Denison for Ragbri? Yeah, definitely. If, uh, if they're interested in checking out our established businesses, you'll see that um, this influx of new arrivals has really saved uh, from our highway corridors to our main streets. You'll see it in the types of businesses that, that populate our community. And uh, you mentioned the flavors. There's a lot of fantastic flavors here. You wouldn't expect in a town of 8,500 that we would have an African grocery store or an Asian grocery store. Uh, we have a number of Latino grocery stores. And, of course, you see that on the restaurant side, too. So there's so many places to get ethnic food here in this small town. And, um, of course, you can get things like... Uh, the, the famous uh, pork tenderloin sandwich, you know, down at Kronk's too. So uh, we have everything from traditional to flavors from all around the world. So there's a lot to explore here. Very cool. Well, I won't put you on the spot and say, hey, there's a must place that you must visit because I don't want any of the uh, restaurants to get mad at you since you've got to wear, you know, many hats in this town. And, <laughs> Thank uh, you. And I'll, we'll let them experience quite a bit of that when they come here for the summer or come back again after they have a great experience here. Now, I know you've got a, an amazing downtown, you know, just we're, we're right here in your office in downtown and um, it's just set up really nice for Ragbrand. I know you do other festivals. So what kind of festivals uh, do you do year? around here that that people might be able to come back into town for or come uh, before Ragbri for. Sure, I'm glad you bring that up because that's something that we want riders to know about. We want them to come back in September when we host our uh, signature festival every year. So this is something the community just totally gets behind. We're entering our fifth year of this festival. It's called the Tri-City Barbecue Fest. Um, Through and through, we are an agriculture community. We're a meatpacking community, and we wanted to celebrate that. And so uh, who doesn't like barbecue? So uh, in our opinion, that's one of the best ways to uh, to create meat. And um, um, so it's the third weekend of September. This year will be the 21st and 22nd. So we welcome about 20,000 people. 
so that's a mix of locals and visitors. And the Tri-City aspect comes from Omaha, Des Moines, and Sioux City. Geographically, we're kind of right in the middle of those three communities. And so we came up with this concept. Let's invite the best barbecuers from all of those cities right here to the middle in Denison. Uh, let's host a KCBS sanctioned competition and award one of those cities the victor. So this past year, we had 35 competitors from all over the U.S. Mm. Uh, we had food vendors from as far away as Florida and truly our visitors come from coast to coast. We've put out a map in years past uh, on the, the street here in Uptown and we gave people stickers and asked to ask them to mark where they were visiting from. And truly we had folks from California to New York City cool. and Florida and Texas. So, um, you know, we've we've spent the past five years trying to to get good at hosting a large event. Ragbri is going to be larger than our barbecue festival, um, but we hope we can um, mix those two together and and kind of show uh, riders why they should come back and celebrate with us again. Well, we like good food, barbecue, or any of the other places that you have already mentioned. So entertainment's another big part. I know that's a big part of the barbecue festival as well, having real fun entertainment uh, come in. So is that something that's a big part of the barbecue festival as well? It's a huge part. Yeah, this past year, uh, in 2017, we actually had someone on stage performing every hour the festival was open, and that was a two-day event. So we start on Friday night after everyone gets off work at 5, and we just go right into it, uh, party late into the night. And then uh, the next day, we started at 10 a.m. with some uh, local acts, and then throughout the day, the acts kept getting bigger and bigger and uh, had a national act at the end of the day on Saturday, and then even an after party with dueling pianos on the main stage. So last year, we had 14 acts total at the two-day festival. So hmm. our sound guys were kind of running ragged. That was a lot for them to, to take on, but... Um, we've learned how to put on a good show. We've learned how to handle big crowds. So we have some some practice here, and we're going to ramp it up a little bit for Ragbri. Sure. And speaking of entertainers, uh, obviously one of the, the marquee names that are from this area, obviously Donna Reed, who's been known throughout throughout the world for you know her early work in, in films that are you know holiday classics. So, and I see her name on a few buildings around here. So, what's the story with with Donna Reed? Yeah, Donna Reed uh, grew up here as Donna Mullinger. Of course, Hollywood wanted to uh, make her name roll off the tongue a little bit easier, but she grew up here um, watching movies on on the big screen uh, at the Ritz Theater, which is just above my office here. And uh, with that, she, you know, took on that classic dream of moving to Hollywood and see if she could make it as a film star. So ended up winning an Oscar, um, ended up starring in a little film called It's a Wonderful Life, which actually wasn't that well received when it was first released. Now it's a holiday classic. Um, so folks don't always know who Donna Reed is, but once you, men once you mention uh, It's a Wonderful Life, uh, I'd say 99% of people know that film. Um, so yeah, we've adopted that as a community and that's actually our tagline for Denison. It's a wonderful life, which represents the friendly people here. Um, the type of place where you can come and, and start a new direction and again, start on that uh, journey to the American dream. Very cool. And you're also uh, no stranger to bicycling events. You have a, a nice bike event that brings people from all over to enjoy the the highways and the byways in the area. So tell me a little bit about the bike ride that you host here. Yeah, we have a great group of local cyclists. They're, they're advocates for cycling events and safety and acceptance in our community. And 
Uh, that's one of the things that we highlighted to you guys at RAGBRAI and to show that, yeah, we can hold a cycling event. It's much smaller, um, but we have a lot of fun with it. It's called Manila Madness, and we start out in Denison. This is typically on the first weekend in May, and it, it will be such uh, this year as well. We talked about uh, we have so much to do getting ready for RAGBRAI. Maybe we shouldn't do it, but the, the cruiser said, absolutely not. We're going to carry on that tradition, especially in this year. So uh, we're still planning the ride for for 2018 and uh denison and western iowa here is very hilly um which makes for some some challenging riding but it's also uh very beautiful in sections so we take off out of denison and we head down the appropriately named donna reed road Hmm. um, which is a nice rural highway it kind of takes the crest of a, a hill and the views up there are just gorgeous Uh, It's about 26 miles down to Manila and then back. And uh, we have entertainment in Manila. We have entertainment here. We have uh, little waypoints. People can stop on the way down and and, uh, catch a break. And um, just a nice, nice uh, casual ride. It's a good training ride, uh, getting started early in the season. And we've had about 75 uh, riders each year. And we've had folks come all the way from... Uh, Minnesota and Kansas to ride in that. Um, so it's just a great way to uh, to promote the scenery and, and the roads we have here in Crawford County for cycling and yeah. to show that we, we support cycling here as a community. Oh, sounds fun. Sounds fun. Okay, so we're going to plan, I guess, for this next six months. We're going to be here quite a bit. So you'll see Scott and I, we came in today for our first round of meetings with the newly formed uh, committee in Denison. Mm-hmm. And again, most of the people, like um, I'm guessing some of the pity on people on the committee were probably like in elementary school last time uh, rag bride came to town <laughs> so uh it's going to be good to have uh this gathering as we plan rag bride uh six months from now in july when we come back so any words that you want to inspire them to just just to be thinking about denison and what their experience is going to be anything that you want to leave these folks thinking about just salivating i can't wait to get to denison i just want them to know that um this is all we're going to focus on and um the people are coming out of the woodwork saying, we want to put on a good show. It's been so long since Ragbri has been here. Uh, we want to be the best stop on the whole ride this this year uh, because we want Ragbri to come back. So the folks that have been calling and just offering to help has been tremendous. We have lists upon lists. Um, I just say, you know, we're working really hard to put on a good show for you, and uh, we'll do everything that we can to deliver that when you're here in July. Sounds great. Okay, I'm going to ask you a, a personal question. Now, we ask a lot of people on the podcast, since Ragbrae is known not only for food, but also for pie. So if you only had one choice of pie to have, what would be your choice? One choice of pie. Oh, man, I love them all. That's really hard. You know, I I love to get away to the Florida Keys. I actually proposed to my wife down there in uh, Key West, and we did the key lime tour and we would go from key to key and restaurant to restaurant <coughs> excuse me and after every meal we would um, split a piece of key lime pie and they were all fantastic some of them you'd get kind of the new age deconstructed fancy ones and sometimes you'd get the super traditional um, just like you know your grandma used to make and so that holds a special place in my heart key Very lime cool. pie well, I grew up down in that that neck of the woods, so I'm pretty familiar with, with the Jimmy Buffett country down there. So, Well, very cool. Well, I doubt they'll have key lime pie in, in Denison, but, but with all the different f- 
foods and the flavors and the sounds and uh, all the, the perhaps some barbecue as well. I, I think it's going to be a wonderful stop in Denison, Iowa. So really looking forward to coming back here. It's again, it's only going to be six short months. The snow will be gone by then. The temps will probably be 80 degrees warmer. And we're going to probably have, oh, 25,000 people that are going to be thinking really highly about your town. So thank you for all you're going to do for Ragbri in advance. And we can't wait to come here. Thanks, TJ. We're looking forward to it. Well, we've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in again to listen to some of the stuff that Mark and I have been slinging uh, this week. Uh, hopefully educating you a little bit more about some of the things that are happening in our state as well as some of the fun side of cycling. So, who is this podcast brought to you by, Mark? Think Iowa City. You know, they're going to host a World Cup again. World yeah. Cup Cyclocross right in Iowa City. Oh, they got another thing coming up this summer. I don't know if you've heard about it. Ragbri is coming to Think Iowa City. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Bikes to You, one of the best bike shops in Ragbri Charters over in Grinnell, Iowa. And then finally, Primal. If you're looking for custom bike jerseys, now is the time to get a hold of the folks over at Primal. Get your orders in so they're ready, nice and fresh for summer. Oh, very cool. We just had dinner with the Coops tonight right in their hometown of Grinnell. And, uh, you know, they're excited about the new route coming out. They were just saying that their charter is bursting at the seams. We had a little little dinner at the place called the Prairie Canary. A little shout out to the Prairie Canary. Love that. A little Brussels sprouts. And uh, it was kind of a little eclectic kind of food. But, hey. Brussels sprouts. You're a a hipster? I, I, well... (laughs) I wasn't ordering them, but um, I uh-huh. like the truffle fries and the and the nice. Brussels sprouts. So, uh, yeah, nice. I guess I guess I'm getting to be a little bit of a hipster, but you know, <laughs> I didn't have a Merlot like the Coop said, so we'll, I'm I'm, we'll get, I'm somewhere in between. We'll put your skinny jeans on order. Yeah, you got it. So. So hey, but again, if you're if you're not subscribed to our Just Go Bike podcast, make sure you check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, whatever wherever you get your fine podcast from, you you're gonna find the Just Go Bike podcast on there. So hey, thanks again for tuning in, Mark. You want to leave us with with any thoughts? Uh, here's a, a short one, but this was great from Mario Cipollini, you know, former bike racer. Oh, yeah. He said, "If you break, you don't win." Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out JustGoBike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.